Welcome to Car Market Cast, your source for news and opinions on Match at the Gathering from the world's leading marketplace. Hi everyone and welcome to the Card Market Cast. This podcast is brought by Card Market, the best place online to get Magic the Gathering singles, accessories, and anything Magic the Gathering related. I'm Heron TG, joined by my two regular co-hosts, Dan. Hello. And Skura. Hello. So this week we've got a lot to talk about in the historic and standard formats. Specifically in historic, the historic anthology has been released. This is a new set of cards being released on Arena that are specifically made for the historic format. So obviously we're going to be talking about the impact on the format, what decks we brew with them, and in general just how good we think the cards are. Then towards the end of this episode, we're going to be getting into the Kaldeheim Championship. This is a split tournament with Historic and Standard, and we're going to be talking about decks that we like, what we think the metagame's going to look like, and what we would play. So I guess we should start things off straight away, Skura. You know, you were saying before the podcast that you are a Historic expert and you wanted to help guide us through the new historic anthology. So why don't you just take it away and uh, start the breakdown? Yeah, so maybe an expert is just a bit of an exaggeration. But yes, I've been <laughs> playing the format for quite some time now. And guys, have you have you taken a look at the anthology and what cards are in it? Yeah, I know two cards, Dash Shadow and Thraben Inspector. Yeah, so it's actually interesting. Why would you be interested in Thraben Inspector? I mean, it's just the best. It's like a nuts one drop. I remember Marty Vehicles and Standard from like yeah. two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You play Thraben Inspector, you play Smuggler's Copter, you play Heart of Kieran, you, yeah. get to, you get to draw a card on turn five, it's, and it's a body on turn one. I've got a quick so question. people seem to think it will revitalize vehicles in Historic, which we'll see if it's the case, but people are brewing around with it. Um, so far, it doesn't seem to get much traction. Um, Dan, what have you um, taken a look at? Well, first, the first thing I've looked at here is Triumphant Reckoning, which is Return all Artifact Enchantments and plays. Oh, of course you'd look at that. <laughs> no, no, no. Of I was looking, you would no, look I was at, looking at, at like, who the hell would play that? It's nine mana. Like, <laughs> you, you would play it. What do you mean? <laughs> what is what this? <laughs> I play high quality decks in every other format. So um, let's not get into this. But I was actually going to ask a question. Was Declaration Stone and Frame Inspector already in Historic? I don't know. Are they not on Arena? No. Sorry, wait, wait, wait. Can I just pause for a second? Yeah, yeah. They're specifically printing this set to print new cards into the format, and your first reaction is, <laughs> wait, are these cards already in the format, like, before this set was printed? Yeah, like, you know, when the next... Fo- you know when the football next football World Cup comes around, I'm gonna be asking, didn't they have that World Cup like two years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, oh my so, gosh. But there is actually a valid point because if you look at these cards, some of them come from sets which are on arena. But they if mm-hmm. implemented the these sets, they excluded some cards, and now they seem to be putting them back in, which is very yeah. weird. And some people speculate that they intentionally removed some cards to later sell anthology better. Like, for example, Flameblade Adept should have been uh, already in Historic, right? Because it's from Amonkhet. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. Inspiring Statuary should have been there because of Kaladesh, and it's not. So the dance question wasn't as stupid as it may have, may have seemed. Seem. All right, what is this? <laughs> but, <laughs> Just pile on the living <laughs> end, guy. I've got, um, quick, I've got a quick question. Sort of by in mind, is that not a bit strong to print into... 
um, historic? I don't know. Um, to be fair, there are no like equipment decks, so maybe now there will be. But three man, I mean, just the sword on its own, I don't think it will do anything really. I mean, yeah. again, we are what a week, two weeks in, and nobody plays it. So, I think the problem is the OP thing about the swords is that it protects from removal, right? And this specific sword protects from green and blue. Now, I'm not familiar with every removal suite Very in historic, point. but I presume 95% of removal spells aren't green or blue. Yeah. Also, making a 2-2 wolf and milling 10 doesn't really count as card advantage to me. Yeah, it's powerful, but it's not card advantage similar to Sword of Fire and Ice that pings for two and draws a card, or Sword yeah. of Feast and Famine that ramps you and makes them discard a card. So... I feel like they're just testing the waters here to see how I would say a powerful protection spell would work, yeah. but this is not at all, in my opinion, instant includes in many decks yeah. that that could possibly be in historic. And and Philip, you said it hasn't been seeing play, so yeah, um, that also leads to the fact that I'm true easy clap. Uh, um, the thing is that the most powerful powerful removal spell is Fatal Push. And just black yeah. in general. We've got also yeah. a lot of red aggro decks with lightning strike, wizards, retort, uh, wizards lightning, shock, mm -hmm. bone crush giant, and nothing. I mean, all of them hit the the creature which is equipped, which could be equipped. So, and actually, yeah. So there are a lot of cheap creatures in the format, a lot of good removal. And if you want to pump five mana into play the sword and equip, yeah. And the upside is just two power. That's just nearly not enough. I guess the most relevant piece of text on there might actually be the fact that you mill your opponents, so you might play a mill deck with creatures or something like that oh randomly, but like... I yeah. mean, you could equip Rune Crab, I yeah. guess. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is all just... This is Taverns, Taverns though, not me. You, you can brew with this stuff, I, I, don't have, I don't have a brewer's mind like that. So I'll ask a different question, like Harry. What do you think of Think Twice? Does Think Twice make you want to play Historic Control? Does it make you think twice about playing Historic? Okay. Oh, that was your joke you just made. I just literally copied his joke. My God. For those who listened to the Card Market cast <laughs> last week, they would know that my favorite card from Caldime is Behold the Multiverse. Now, I know that Blue White Control in Historic heavily uses Behold the Multiverse because of Teferi Hero of Dominaria's not static, but ability of untapping lands. So Think Twice is a very, very powerful magic card from five years ago, but we're living in 2021. That's so that. yes, this card has nostalgia. It has a powerful idea behind it, but I think that this card isn't something for me because it seems like something that would go for an Arclight Phoenix deck, right? Mm -hmm. Something like... Goblin Electromancer, Arclight Phoenix. I presume those are legal and historic. Yes, they but are. But from, from a control perspective, five mana to draw two, because uh, you're paying two mana and then three to draw two instead of Behold the Multiverse, which is pay two and then pay two to scry two, draw two, yep. seems a bit looser. Obviously, the foretell on Behold the Multiverse is sorcery speed, but um, I think that... Behold ultimately is more powerful. I could see like three Behold the Multiverse, one Think Twice. I don't think it's zero copies. I just don't think that this is a card that I would personally look to play in my control decks in Historic when you have a very, very powerful option in Behold. 
and so you I'm, also have ops and stuff. I've got a question. If your life dependent on it, would mm. you bet that Behold is legally historic? Behold the multiverse? Yeah. If your life dependent on it. Like, I I know, because some cards are not in historic because they haven't been in the sets which are released. But it is. Okay, fair enough. I mean, no, I was just seeing. Yeah, you I'm doubling up my life savings. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm so drunk? confused. <laughs> That's fine. That's you, it's in Calderhive, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> cool. I just doubled. I just doubled my life savings yeah. and, and my life's length. I guess it was yeah. worth it. It was worth it. So, uh, now, yeah. Yep. You actually did scare me for a second. I was like, have I been talking about a car that isn't legal in the format? Yeah. But, okay. Man, he's trying to next level you. He's like trying to make you doubt yourself and... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just did that three-minute talk for nothing. Yeah, poker player over here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've actually got a okay. question for you, like a serious question here. Like, um, is Declaration Stone, it sounds like a really good card to be printed into the format, because by the sound of it, you're saying that most of the removal is black and red-based. Yeah. Declaration mm -hmm. Stone is like the modern-day path to exile, but obviously nowhere near as good. Um, and it seems like so, one of the best removal, fairest removal spells ever printed. The thing is with white is that the best removal is baffling end, and when baffling yeah. end is the best removal in your non-rotating format, it you don't have good removal. Yeah, like that's just not the case. Like when blue white, like if you play blue white and you're on the draw, oh god, it's like this removal spell is just an abomination. And to be fair. Black decks also play two mana removal spells in like Heartless Act, for example. Yeah. But it's instant speed and in conjunction with Fatal Push, right? Yeah. So mm. you, but in Historic with Blue White, you just play Baffling End and you're just hoping it's enough. It's not, but you're hoping it's enough. Um, yeah. But your mass removal spells pull a lot of weight there because you play four Wrath of God. Sometimes you just add like, an, I don't know, a Doomscar because you really want to have like four, five, six removal, mass removal spells, because your point removal spells are trash. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think Deccan Stone will be better in like, if Thraben um, makes vehicles work, then it could be fine, because you're, like the opponent can't cash in the clue as effectively, because you're killing them. Yeah. So even if they draw a card, they spend, let's say, half of their turn four, instead of defending themselves, drawing a card, right? In blue white, I not so much. Yeah, right. Yeah, but blue I think maybe these types of decks. I, I do remember actually when Deck and Stone was in standard. Probably the last time I really played a lot of standard. Like the control decks couldn't play it because the control decks don't want to be like giving your opponent's card draw, even if it's removing yeah. all of those. You know, there's a difference between giving them a land and letting them draw cards. Like they they can't afford to give up in standard, particularly that amount of card draw. And also with Path to Exile, you can just go Path Snap Path and yeah. block, and then you just got rid of most of the stuff, and you've spent total four mana on all of that. And the Declaration Stone is way less efficient. Right? Way yeah, less efficient. I think definitely as a control player, I don't see this as a control removal spell at all. This to me looks like some sort of removal spell that an aggro deck would splash or a mono white aggro deck yeah. would play. Because you don't care if they draw cards if their life total is zero. Yeah. So. Definitely a card there for aggro decks, especially when this card was legal in standard. Like you said, control decks weren't playing this. This was played by Mardi Vehicles. I believe it was Mono White Eldrazi as well that was playing it. Yeah. I don't really remember everything else was, was playing, a, but I saw this card a lot in standard, just not not by control decks, by aggro decks. Yes, yeah. there was a lot of like there was Mono White Weenie for a while with Kithian um, for a very short period of time before it rotated. But yeah, 
Now, there are some cards which I really don't understand the inclusion of, like the Triumphant Reckoning, Spider Spawning, what? Adult Pouncer? I mean, I, I barely know what these cards do, but like, really? Iceberg Cancrix? What's that? Like, like, this format actually has high power level. Like, really, no joke. And then you're adding, what, Adult Pouncer? It just... <laughs> What? To be honest, to be fair, Adorn Pouncer <laughs> does make sense to me in the uh, Bogles decks. What is it called? You know the Oras. two mana zero Oras. two that draws loads of cards? I mean, uh, Spirit Dancer. Core Spirit Dancer, that's Yeah, it. in the Aura, Aura decks, yeah. So against removal heavy decks, right, a 1-1 one, one double strike and you put loads of enchantments on it is really powerful. And if you if they kill it, you can eternalize it. So while yes, you can recast it with Luris, if you don't, maybe they counter your Luris or kill your Luris, you can still get something back from the graveyard instead of hoping to rip off the top of the deck. So I actually think this could have applications in the uh, Bogle style deck. So, or, to or be whatever. fair, if they add a card which has marginal slash relevant play in some decks, I'm fine with that. I don't want a card which would be played everywhere now. So it's nice yeah. that you know, the Bogus player gets a small thingy, right? A control player gets something small. A vehicles player now gets reborn, basically. So I like this mm -hmm. type of approach. Now, if, you, if we scroll down a bit, if you have the, the page open with the announcement, you can see Married Lages Slumber. Oh, I love and, this card. And now, on Arena now, we've got Snow Basic Lands and Snow Duels. So that's something. If you scroll down, we also have got Cold Steel Heart, which is two mana ramp, which is snow. And where are we getting at here, Skira? Where, uh, where are we going? So the point is that brew for us. you could play like a blue, red, a blue X shell, which is a control deck, obviously, which just happens to have two or three copies of it and just plays contr the control game. Uh, you can think of it like Search for a Scanta, but it flips into a Married Lage. Let's say maybe that's a weird, you know, uh, comparison. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, you if you like brewing, that could be something like attacking the meta from a different angle. Um, it's indestructible, so the fatal push doesn't hurt you. The main removal spell in the format. That's nice. Um, the Baffling and gets it though. It, it does, and the, actually the problem is that you get the creature on your upkeep. So it doesn't attack, and your opponent gets yeah. the entire turn. I guess that was the intention, to, have yep. to let the other person interact. But then again, you've put just, you know, 11 turns into making it work, and then it doesn't, right? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I will say, like, if it sticks around for a while, because your opponent's probably not going to remove the enchantment, it probably, like, I don't know if it's abrupt, yeah. before, but it probably isn't. But like, if there's it's any not. enchantment, they might save it for something else, I don't know, but... Like, scrying one every single turn, it's not like you're drawing a card every turn, but, like, scrying one over, like, the course of three or four turns, that is reasonable value as a worst-case scenario. Now, please remember that what it says is that you scry every time a snow permanent enters play. Oh, it's not even every... Sorry. So if you go, you know, Fabled Passage, snow, scry, land drop, scry, right? Yeah. You also scry off of the slumber, so you can go slumber, scry, basic, scry. It's yeah. a lot of fixing, like the top of your life. That's a lot of like consistency. So it's so it's so like it's not as bad as it might seem. <laughs> yeah, and it's, as bad. Yeah, and I think it can make some tier two control deck dreams come true. 
tier two yeah probably yeah um yeah tier two yeah <laughs> now if we scrolled and by the way because i know that the historic anthology cards have no visual effects which is a ridiculous thing because you've got merit lady slumber it goes off and nothing happens you just get, <laughs> you just get 2020 it's just like <laughs> nothing pops off the screen there is no like kraken it's like nope get the token pass someone was clearly late uh with their with their work i mean <laughs> if think twice had an on animation that would be a good selling point so how's death how's death shadow looking in this format okay so we'll be you know getting straight into it yeah so we've got very powerful red black shells in general because in, in historic you've got Fatal Push, Thought Seas, Bloodchief's Thirst, Scourge of the Skyclaves, Lurus, uh, Bomat Courier, Solska Mage, Wizard's Lightning. You get the point. So basically what you do is just you put Death Shadow there and yeah. you've got a deck. Now the yeah. problem is that it isn't as reliable to turn on because you don't have the fetch lands. But you've got these model flip, card, flip uh, lands, which... No, yeah. bolt you right on entry, and it has a lot of staying power because you go, you know, okay. The first few turns you cannot play the shadow, obviously, but starting turn four you go, you know, a six six, a six six scourge is an eleven eleven, you know, then another six six, and then you've got Lurus, which replays these six sixes. Um, there's also claim to fame, so you can return a shadow, return a scourge. You can give them haste and bash. You could go more Dreadcurt Arcanist kind of way, right? Or you could play Croxa as well. So just the sheer number of red-black cards is just mind-boggling. Like, basically, like, red-black has the best, the best of both worlds, threats and interaction. Yeah. So to answer your question, a red-black deck will always be playable in Historic. Will it be Death Shadow? Probably. Um, but the format is kind of fresh still. So the biggest threat is that people could play burn and just burn you out, but they just don't. So... Something yeah. you mentioned there, though, as a control player listening to that, you list a bunch of creatures, and then you list Thoughtseize, Fatal Push, yep. and Wizard's Lightning. These cards, to me, are very threatening against a control deck, right? Because the big problem you have with control is you kill all their creatures and then lose to their spells, but when their spells are Fatal Push and Wizard's Lightning... Thoughtseize is pretty good, but it seems to me that the power level of these other spells that they're using is pretty low against control. Is, is Death Shadow losing to control? Uh, that's a fair point. So, yeah, so blue-white pleasant of mass removal spells. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that when their threats are 7-7s seven and your point removal is basically non-existent, you sometimes have to fire off a Wrath of God to exchange with a Death, Death Shadow. And at this mm -hmm. point, they can multi-spell and go Death Shadow, take Lurus to hand, and you have to Wrath of God, right? Uh, so that's annoying. Uh, and also they've got Croxa as well to have some staying power. They claim to fame, so they're just way more efficient than you are. Like, blue-white control is just painfully inefficient. This is the yeah. definition of being inefficient. Um, I guess... Yeah, can I, can I just add something to that you didn't touch on? Because we're going to touch on this maybe a bit later on when we're going to ask you about historic metagame with uh, the event coming up, but... Um, it's also a case of as well that if you look at the metagame, 
that we did earlier. It's a lot of aggro decks at the minute, so I assume blue-white control is it might be okay against that shadowless playing the fatal pushes and stuff like that, but wouldn't it be a bit worse because there's going to be so much consistent power early in the game from those aggro decks in a lot of other matchups? I know it's got board wipes, but is, does it sometimes fall too far behind on board early in the game and it can't keep yeah. up? So again, it comes back to the fact that it doesn't have reliable point removal. Yeah. So it has this buffling, and sometimes people play Gravdigger's Cages main sometimes to hedge against different decks. But then if you have Gravdigger's Cage against Mono Red Aggro, nobody cares, right? Yeah. So if you... And people, blue-eyed players, keep... I mean, they keep keeping terrible hands. They just do. This is just <laughs> what they do. They just look at the hand, they see Wrath of God on the draw, that's a keep. It has to be enough, right? And they go like, turn one, nothing, turn two, nothing, turn three, now nah, set, turn four, Wrath of God. And they hope it's enough. It never is, yeah. to be honest. And But it's also difficult to have a different deck because in modern, so where most of my and Harry's experience comes from, you've got Path and Snap Path, for example, so it's difficult to discard key cards from your hand and you've got very good top decks, right? Like one snap of the top is just either card advantage or good removal spell. In historic, that's just completely not the case, right? And they play Absorb, which is like three months, it's a cancel. So like, yeah. I'm casting Thought Seas and Death Shadow, you're casting Absorb. Like, uh, so, so to conclude, Blue White is the deck which should be great on paper, and it's average in practice. That's how I see it. Okay. I like that evaluation. That's typically Blue every control like that I play. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. Um, now, what's interesting is that in Anthology, we've got Harmless Offering. And what it means is that now we can use our Demonic Pact. And then, boop, there we go. A small oh. gift for you. So you have Cat Pact in uh, yes in Historic now, okay. We do. Is and that actually good, though? So the thing is that in Historic, you've also got Valky, the Coldheim Planeswalker, and also there is a card which is um, Return to the Wind, I think. Uh, release um, the Wind, Release yeah. the Wind? Oh, yeah. that one, yes. So are you aware of the interaction with Valky? Yeah. yeah, you exile the Valkyrie, then recast it on Tibble. the backside. So, yeah, exactly. So, first, so we have a Grixis deck. Actually, it's, it's been like all over Twitter. Um, you play turn to Valkyrie, and then you sometimes happen to have a nut draw that you have turn three Tybalt, and just most people just scoop. And it's basically Splinter Twin. Um, hmm. Let's say. I like to look at it as such. Now, it's not going to happen, you... Philip. It's not going to happen. It's never getting unbanned. Stop it. <laughs> and in the same shell, you play Pact Cat or Cat Pact. So yeah. if you have Demonic Pact and you don't happen to draw Harmless Offering, you can just blink it with the winds. Yeah. So now you've got... So you're really not going to lose with Demonic Pact. Wow. Right? Is this a new deck in this story? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it involves new cards? It involves... So it... It was created after Coldheim because you, we've got Wins Volky, and now with Anthology we've got Pact Offering. All in so one. No one did anyone use Release the Wins before this? No, no. So it should be really cheap right now. Yeah. On Card Market's website. I think yes. So we're giving insider info for our listeners right now to go to CardMarket.com and buy Release the Wins. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? It's a rare from Excellence, so for now it's probably very cheap. 
and as awesome. a rage, I saw Tavern like, kind of knowing where I was going. Yeah, there, like, right? I just went straight <laughs> over Philip's head, and I was like, "How are you not getting this?" Bless you, I, Philip. Uh, yeah, I have to admit, nice. I didn't get that. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. That's just fine. To That's fine. Do so, our mandatory card market plug. So we've got this Grixis twin deck, which is super fun and interesting because it just seems inherently powerful. Because as we've established, the best removal spells are red and black. So you play Bone Crusher Giant as your adventure, uh, you play Fatal Push and Thoughtseize, you play this weird package, you add a few counter spells on onto it, Behold the Multiverse, which is historic legal, as we've established, and you go to town, right? Now, the problem could be that it's a mono rares and mythics. So if it's your first deck in historic, you have to have, you know, thick wallet. But other than that, um, it's a really fun deck, and it's a, it's a breakout deck just because we got Harmless Offering and Volkin Kaldheim. Yeah, that's that sounds really interesting. I mean, so many things, though, with historic, like, mana base and, and you know, working out how many copies you play of cards. So it's interesting to see how that deck will develop. But as something that I thought was interesting is uh, Collected Conjuring. Yep. Four mana, exile top six cards of your library. It's like Collected Company, for instance, in Sorceries. Now, I spoke about Arclight Phoenix. Yeah. Right? This is four mana, cast enough spells for Arclight Phoenix. So now the problem is that we also have got Finale of Promise. So mm -hmm. the thing is, why would you just not play Finale of Promise? Because Finale of Promise requires you to have cards in your graveyard to cast. This one is off the top. That is fair, but then if it's turn four and you don't have spells in your graveyard, what have you been doing the whole game, right? Um, well, I mean, turn one, you opt, turn one, you electromancer, turn three, you can collected conjuring. You don't oh, specifically have to do it to get back Phoenix. I mean, this is just a brewing. I'm not sure, saying yeah, it's absolutely. at all yeah. good, but I'm just saying like this to me, because this was printed in Modern Horizons, you can see by the yeah. set symbol. Yeah. That is not a modern card. <laughs> if I was to put this card in a set, seems a bit too OP for standard. But this does seem very powerful for, for modern. Uh, so, not modern, for more historic. historic. Yeah. It's obviously not powerful for modern. So but, um, it could be good with Electromancer, um, but then again, it's most of its value comes if you play three mana spells. And then in Phoenix, mm -hmm. that's exactly not, not what you want to be doing, right? So uh, maybe in a different shell, which is... Uh, no, no, you can cast Harmless Offering off of it. You may cast the Winds off of it. So we can just do <laughs> Turbo Grixis... Thingy. That is a bit ambitious. <laughs> Just to point out, say, uh, with Collected Conjuring, yeah, yeah, modern, you can cast Living End with that. So, oh god, there we oh go. My gosh. Gosh. Every time back to Living oh. End. Oh Let's move on. <laughs> um, so there is okay. Next, I I can't talk about this card anymore after. That. So there are two two more cards which I, I think are worth talking about. So Flame Blade Adept is one, yeah, which is yeah. one of the omissions from Cali uh, from uh, Amonkhet. But, as you guys might be aware, we've got a cycling deck in Standard, which is also playable in Historic. Now, in Historic, you've got Cast Out, for example, which is one of the additions. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm just laughing at how he, fr he freaking talked about living in from collecting Conjuring. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was, I just, I was literally just about to say there's actually a cycling deck in Modern. So, but I thought, nah, <laughs> drop it. Drop living in, yeah. nah, Drop it. Too much. I can Dude. just see Tavern. Tavern just see that. I'm like, 
<laughs> I'm just like, you know, that child who's waiting for, you know, the sweets from the shop. I mean, I that's know. fine. I've already I'm mentioned the professional, and I just see Tara there going, <laughs> Did you I'm know like, that this is in modern? Yeah, I'm like, I was talking about poker early, like, I'm the kind of person that, like, you know, I get, I, I, I look at my hands like, two aces? Like, I'd be the worst poker player ever, like, I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> oh my gosh. So coming back, guys, we've got yeah. Frameplay Adept in a cycling deck. So now we've got two premier uh, one-drops. You've got the Fox and the Adept, right? Um, so, I mean, and anybody who knows Agrodex knows that doubling the number of good one-drops just changes it completely, right? It's not just yeah. four more cards. It's just complete dynamic. It's way more aggressive, way more powerful. So that's something what people have been messing uh, with. And also you've got Hollow One in Historic. Oh, is that in Historic? Oh. Yes, you do. Okay, that seems nuts to me. Four Flourishing Fox, four Flame Bit Out, four Hollow One. Yep. That's enough threats yep. in a cycle deck. And you've got Hieroglyphic Illumination, Cast Out, Cycle Lands if you want. You have the Flare, right? Which deals you damage. Yeah, Zenith Flare. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? I mean, whatever. Like, no, presumably Cathartic. Is Cathartic Reunion in the format? Because I got reprinted. Yes. Yeah, reasonably recently. So, is that good enough, though? I mean, again, the anthology has been out for lands. like two weeks. So we don't know yet, but I think we, but people have been playing around with it. I played yeah. against it today. So we also have got Neutralize, which is the cycling counter spell as well. So you, you actually can play four cast out for Neutral's main deck. So you've got this powerful shell on top of which you've got actual removal spells and interaction. You also get to play um, this uh, companion, the fox Lurus? companion. No, 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 the other, the... The one which oh. decreases the activated cost. Yeah, the, uh, the the fox when it's like red white. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to bring up Living End here, but people tried it in Living End and it doesn't work. So you but, know, just look just look over there, right? Yeah, it's it's there, right? <laughs> so 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 you also play that. So if you want a deck for, cheaply, because it's mostly a commons and uncommons, to be fair, just a few rares here and there, um, because most of the cycling is is common and common. So that's a nice, very nice deck to get into. Um, and also, if you already own a standard deck, it's all very easy to transition to. Or if you have experience with a standard deck, which you've just bought through card market, now you know exactly how to play this historic deck. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, I really like that addition. Maybe as a, as a modern Hollow One player, you can just come back here and just say, hey, let's go. Awesome. Well, okay, guys, we could talk about these cards all episode long, but we've got a structure we need to follow. I think we kind of uh, went a bit too deep this ep this uh, 30 minutes of discussion. I, I yeah. enjoyed it, but as much as I want to talk about these cards more, we got to talk about the Kaldeheim Championship. Now, it's a unique structure this time, so for those who aren't familiar with it, it is a dual-constructed format event, so meaning that they're playing standard and historic throughout the event. So in the Swiss portion of the rounds, we're going to have the first three rounds as standard, and then the next four is historic, and then the same thing on day two. The first three rounds are standard, and then the rest are historic. Um, and then I believe the top eight is historic, but it doesn't actually say on the website, but I'm pretty sure top eight is just historic. Um, so while we've talked about these new cards, obviously people are going to be bringing new decks. Maybe not new in terms of for the competitive players, but for people who are only loosely keeping track of the format, these decks should be new. And uh, 
Philip or Skira, why don't you give us a little breakdown about what decks you expect to see? Let's say give maybe five decks that you expect to see um, being played at the Caldehan Championship. So let's begin with Historic, just to, because we've just talked about that. So what I expect, first of all, is Jan Sacrifice. So we probably are all familiar with the deck. It's been played in Standard, in Pioneer, and everybody has just is fed up with this mechanic at this point. Uh, you see the Sacrifice stuff, and it's, uh, you know, with Croxa, with some... Yeah, you, you, know, you know it, right? Cat Oven. So yeah. it's, it's actually pretty tedious and annoying to watch and play against because they always have the cat and they always have the oven, so they can just block your creature, sack, get a food. If you're playing an aggressive burn deck, no way you can ever actually kill them, because they've got a blocker every turn and a food every turn, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. it depends how they balance it, but that's the point. If you play like an Auras deck, they've got the Sacrifice Priest, right? So if you play a threat, one threat a turn, you're, all, you're also not in a good shape. So... I fully expect that to be played. And Paulo Vito Damoderosa is uh, a huge fan of the deck, and he plays Junt version. A Junt version because it plays Collected Company, and it plays Collected Company because there are so many powerful, unique creatures that you really want to hit, like a Priest, or the Mayhem Devil, or the Cat, or Woe Strider. So absolute Junt sacrifice. Additionally, Blue-Eyed Control, because... This is just what people do for some reason, right? I mean, again, I'm guilty, Harry's guilty. We are all guilty of playing blue-white control when we shouldn't. So people will do the same. I think people will do the same. They will play blue-white because they like the fairy, they like counter spells, they like removal, and they will think it's good because it has mass removal spells and stuff like that. So I also expect, uh, expect that. Aurus, uh, black-white or blue-white, uh, with Core Spirit Dancer, probably Red-Black Shadow variants, or Red-Black Arcanist decks. Um, yeah, and there might be some brews, like Mono Blue Tempo, uh, Mono White or White Green Angels has got some traction, and it sounds weird, but it's more basically Soul Sisters, which utilizes some angels that, you know, when Angel enters, you get life, you get some bonus counters, you get a Heliod, something like that. So... Yeah, so like a mishmash of everything I've just mentioned, maybe like a gruel aggro with ember cleave on top, and you've got yourself uh, the format. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds really interesting uh, and diverse, which is yeah. awesome. It's a diversity I mean, of this format seems yeah. very well managed. Yeah, there is the diversity of strategies. So not only just decks, but strategies. Like you've got red, uh, red green aggro with ember cleave and burning tree. You've got red black, which is more interactive with push and thought seas. And you've got that the shade of that in Death's Shadow, which goes taller. And then you've got Blue-White Control, which is a control deck. And then you've got Blue-Black or Grixis Twin, which is a control deck with a combo finish. You could also play like Paradox Engine in Historic, like a Blue-Green Paradox Engine. So you just play a pure control deck. You've got Bogles. You could, so like you've got yeah. John Sack as mid-range. So you actually, yes, there is full spectrum, basically. So I think it would make sense to do, before we talk about the standard section, to do kind of like a weapon of choice. What would we bring in Historic or in the Historic portion? I guess I will start. I'm a control player. I'm a fool. I'm obviously going to play Blue Light Control. Maybe Esper Control could be an option too. I mean, yeah. you mentioned Fatal Push, yeah. Heartless Act. 
uh, eliminate as well, I guess. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Thought Seize is not a bad cyborg card. What else? Uh, you've got probably the many good Swift black, White cards. So like this kind of this adventure dreadball. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so like there must be some great options. I might even just brew, bring Esper Control. Um, but yeah. What about you, Philip? What would you bring? Um, I would play Grixis Volky, but without the pact, probably for this as uh, because okay. This is a bit too proactive, and I'd rather just have a pure Grixis control deck, which happens to have Volky, which is fine of it on its own. Remember that if you go turn one Thought Seize, you get rid of their two drop, and then turn to Volky, you can get, get rid of the three drop. You, you disrupt their curve completely, right? And so it's actually actively good. And if you happen to have, to have the nut draw, which actually happens quite often, you just win on the spot. Um, so I would choose Grixis Volky, um, certainly. If not, probably Blue Black Volky. I don't know why I would play Blue Black over Grixis, but that. And then Blue White Control. I'm just not... Con like, like, can you imagine playing Blue White when you have Thought Seize Push? Yeah, I can. I do it all the time in <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't know what it proves about you, but yes, that's fine. Yeah. Done? Okay, Tavern, what about you? What are you looking to bring? Don't you dare. I know what you're about to <laughs> no, say no, no. there. So he's like cycling, okay? Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Is Godfarer's gift in uh historic? Yes, it is. <laughs> and I'd people play, I, 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 <laughs> I play I play goblins. Oh right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just completely forgot our goblins. Oh yes. Like oh. Goblins, I, I just quickly looked, it's got Goblin Matron, and Conspicuous Snoop. I don't know if there's actually any good things for Conspicuous Snoop. I guess Cranko Mob Boss is pretty oh. good. Well, yeah, Cranko Mob Boss I completely forgot good. about this yeah. deck. This is the deck to beat. It's a menace yeah. in the format. People hate it because you play these pesky goblins, which sometimes attack or just block, and then you just play Muxus off the top. And your ideal hit is Cranko and some kind of Haste Lord. So you just yeah. hit that, create, no, 10 goblins. Now, the problem is that if you have Skirk Prospector and you do hit this token maker, you sacrifice the tokens to get more mana to cast anything else in your hand and you just vomit your hand out and kill them. So it's very annoying in this format because there are no good counter spells. So if they, if they just yeah. pop deck Muxus, it, it's like Marvel, right? Just fingers crossed they don't kill you. <laughs> I also right. like it, it sounds by the sound of it unless somebody can pick off a specific goblin at the exact right time it seems like like your targeted removal if you don't have it right there and then you could be in trouble by the sound of it like, yes the thing is it's it's like tribal even if you have critical like just going kill 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 is really good against them so don't forget they're getting up to six mana so yes yeah and the thing is that it's good up, like it's good only if you know you're not dead to a moxus so, for example, you've got four counter spells for each subsequent Muxus, let's say, because you can kill everything that comes your way, but then if, if you don't have a way to punish Muxus, you'll be probably dead, because Muxus very often just kills you on its own. Remember that Muxus has an ability that it grows uh, based on the number of goblins you've got. So, and I told you that the best combination involves a Haste Lord, so, Muxus, Haste Lord, Krenko, 10 tokens. Now, Muxus attacks for 15, right? Alongside the tokens attack for, for 10. So, 
um, it's fine if, like, if you play, let's say, red-black mid-range or jump mid-range, you will be dead to Moxes, right? And so yeah. the, the removal-removal strategy won't work unless you've got a Graf Digger's Cage, right? Okay, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And also, so I think now we've kind of decided in historic what, uh, what is standard looking like, Skira? Um, so basically, you've got mono white aggro, snow aggro, mono red aggro, which is again snow. People play some adventures, people play some decks with involve like taking the next turn with the tolerance epiphany, I think is the name. Um, they play like Yorian Soltai stuff uh, with your uh, Soltai ultimatum. Um, yeah, so I think these are the and blue black rose, which is my favorite deck. And so now at this point, you've got this kind of um matrix with red aggro, white aggro, rogues, soltai, and adventures. That adventures and soltai go over the top, red, mono red, and mono white go uh, um, uh, go under, and you've got rogue somewhere in the middle. and. And you play this magnificent format. So, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have a question for you now. I haven't played Standard uh, last time. Do you remember when Emerge was a deck in Standard? Like, oh, with, um, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. I, I remember because I went to a GP, actually. That was one of my first GPs. And um, I hadn't. I went to the GP and I, I needed Elder, Elder Deep Fiends at this GP. That small story, we'll get back to the point in a second. And um classic tavern. Yeah. Like I had to go around. I had to go. I went I went to a vendor and they were like, apparently like uh emerge, like it just taken off. So like everybody was trying to get like not just the elder deep theme, but loads of different cards. And like and I went to like another vendor and again, nothing. And like eventually I got to like this third or fourth vendor, and they were like like 30 euros a piece. I was like, oh god, I'm not gonna be able to play my merge deck. I went to like I, I just went to this final vendor, and not only did they have like 50 copies in stock, but they were like 10 cents a piece. I looked up, it was card market. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Nice. <laughs> online. Nice. Yeah, I did it online. Yeah. It was. <laughs> doesn't really work because card market don't have stores nice. at GPs, do they? Nice. So, you know, <laughs> I was confused for a second there, but I, I get you now. Yeah. That was a nice one. No, um, it was, what a long winded like story that was for that ending. Jesus. <laughs> worth it. That was worth it. Right. So, um, Salt Side Control, it, it plays Yorion. And, Somebody left a comment in one of my YouTube videos the other day saying that. <laughs> Should we take a second? <laughs> uh, yeah, what was the comment? Yeah. What was the comment? Uh, like they were saying that Yorion is kind of not like Yorion is kind of making standard not great right now. Um, is that a case? Is Yorion like just a bit of a pain in the backside in standard right now? Is that like the new broken card in standard, or is it easily beatable with some other decks in the format? I, I don't know the format that well, but seriously. So, so the thing with Yorion is that when you play an aggro deck against it, and they have their first removal spell, and the second one, the third one, the fourth one, then you realize they've got 80 cards in their deck, and they happen to have drawn most of the removal in an 80-card deck, which is just unbelievably tilting, right? Yeah. So it's just purely psychologically, it's just tilting terribly, right? Because if they just have, for example, the best card against you post-board in an 80-card deck, right? But now the thing yeah. is that people say that blue-black rogues is very good, including myself. So the, so the thing is that rogues is a very good deck in standard because it has the clock, removal, uh, and, and interaction card advantage, so any everything you might need in a deck. The problem is that the over-the-top deck of the format Sultai Yorian happens to have 80 cards, which happens mm. to be really good against a quasi-mill deck. 
So yeah. Yeah. rogues, I mean, rogues cares about the first eight cards the most because it turns on a lot of um, synergies. But it happens often that it just um, sometimes happens to win through mill. Because if the game goes long enough, you know, it's like a it's like a additional win condition, which is not yeah. now not uh, which now doesn't work, right? Which should be especially good against a control deck which goes long. So now yeah. naturally it would be your advantage, but now it's kind of not. So this Yorion thing just just indirectly, or maybe just directly, trumps uh rogues here. Which is one of the reasons why people might feel so bad about so additional reason, right? So the rogues thing. And yeah. the last thing, so, yeah. No, no, sorry, continue. Uh, and the last thing is just it's this type of magic that I personally dislike. So like keep slamming stuff. And because my I my deck is full of expensive things with Yorian at the top, I just keep slamming stuff and just hope it's enough. Right? Yeah. yeah. So to kind of break down the metagame you mentioned, we've got mono white and mono red aggro with snow so that they can splash faces haven. Yeah. Then we've got the salt ultimatum deck, which is like your control slash big mana. Uh, and then we've got blue black rogues. Got, Was there any other deck that I missed there? Um, you've got adventures as well, because oh, yeah. Eldraine. So like while Eldraine mm -hmm. is legal, you play Eldraine. Um, cycling. People have started playing cycling a bit more because it's very cheap monetarily, so you can easily buy it through card market. It's proactive, so obviously people pick up proactive decks because they get you more wins in general. Like it's, it's bad to take a reactive deck, especially if you're new to a meta game, right? So people play cycling a lot, which also attacks from different angles because you go tall with Fox, you go to wide with tokens, you've got Zenith Flare as kind of combo we finish, so you attack from a lot of different angles. Um, so yeah, so I think yeah, I would add adventures and cycling to the mix, and I think that would make the 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 breakdown. Awesome. Well, I think we should do the same thing with that as we did with historic, and we should choose our weapon of choice. I'll start things off, and I'll go Salta Iorion. I mean, I don't play a lot of standard, but I have played a little bit, and I've loved that deck. Uh, just <laughs> degenerate magic is fun, and you're using all the degenerate things in the format. What about you, Skira? I will play Rogues because that's the deck I made Mythic with last season, and I'm really familiar with all the lines and tricks. Um, that two variations is more roguesy with uh Hedron Crab and Wind Rubber, but also a more controlling one. So you just play eight rogues and then all the control tools, right? So I don't know which one I'd play, but I would play rogues because I'm the deck I'm most familiar with. Okay, what about you, Tavern? Well, I don't know the format that well, but so I can't say whether it's a good deck or not, but I'm just looking at the deck this year, and it's actually an archetype I've been, I've been thinking about playing, not just in standard, but in historic and modern, maybe even legacy, uh, which is blue-white control, and I'd probably give that a try. Nice, nice. But what would you actually play? Cycling. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was expecting that. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, cool. Well, that's great that we got some predictions in, and... You know, thank you, Sakura, as well, for the format breakdown. It was really fun yeah. getting an insight in everything that we don't know. Thank you, Tavern, for the, uh, I, for I, the I, jokes. I, 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 did, I did something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as always, you know, if you've made it this far into the episode, thank you so much. If you do like this type of content, then don't forget to like, subscribe, drop a comment if you're on YouTube, leave a review if you're listening on a podcast app. If you're on Twitch, don't forget to, you know, follow on Twitch, put something in the Twitch chat. We should be in there. And... uh 
yeah, I guess thank you so much for getting to this far in this episode, and we'll catch you guys in a couple weeks.